0: Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I want to do a little bit of a shift in my recent podcast. I want to kind of lean into a little deeper uh, into the Word of God. So for the next few weeks or however long it takes, I want to look verse by verse in the book of Mark. I've just been reading this in my own time and I just feel like it's exploding with a message for you, for me, uh, and it's so powerful. So if Bible reading is not something you're super familiar with, that's okay. Um, I would just suggest uh, if this is maybe a little bit less interesting to you, uh, just get in a practice of putting it on, um, honestly, maybe before you go to bed. and just hear from God. And I just, I'm so convinced that when we hear from him and we just listen and we, it, it causes sacrifice in our own hearts to just hear from his very word. And so I just encourage you just to listen and set up your heart in such a way that you're ready to receive. And So if you would, I'm just going to read this, and uh, please tune in with me, and we'll we'll talk about it here in a moment. In verse 1 of chapter 1 of Mark, it says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way for the lord make his path straight so right off the bat here we see a prophecy that was predicted long ago of a man that would basically come forth with this message of hey i'm just a voice in the wilderness and my one message is make way allow room cuz the lord is coming And, you know, I'm so encouraged by that message specifically because I don't know about you, but there's times when you just feel like you're the only one out there with this specific message on your heart. And maybe what you're saying, you just don't even know if anyone is hearing. You know, I love that John the Baptist, and that's who this prophecy would be about, is he's this guy that... He, he didn't care if there was an audience. He didn't care if there was a following. He didn't mind if no one was listening. I think it was more the, the spurring of his own heart to do what God told him to do, and that is be a vessel, be a servant, be a, a person that is used in the capacity in which God had already planned that he should walk in. And I just want to give you that today as something to chew on. You know, what has God purposed even before you were born that you should walk in? I know that's a heavy thought and it's almost overwhelming. I don't know if you're like me, but I worry so much about, man, is this it? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing or do I need to be over here? And... I just I, I think about every situation, every relationship. Hey, maybe this is what's gonna lead to this um, this spot where I'm eventually supposed to be, and then it's gonna happen, and it's like this big crescendo that never actually happens, and you feel defeated with that. And what I would say to you is that you gotta find deep in your soul that hey, it doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing. Because right where you're at is what God wants to get involved in. And the message is very simple. The purpose is very simple. It is simply make room for Him and tell others, Hey, there's, there's more to live for. And when you make room for Him, He comes. And that's what I want to continue reading. It says in verse 4, John came baptizing in the wilderness. I love that. Nobody is in the wilderness, but he came and he said, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm going to start. And he was preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. I love this because in this time period, you would have to go through so many rules and people and processes and traditions in order for your sins to be forgiven. But here he's preaching a gospel that says repentance is the start. A changed life, a turnaround, and a confession is what is the beginning of the remission of sins. And the verse 5 says, Then all the land of Judea, and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. You see, I think the you start with where you're at. Who you have in front of you. And if that is just a bunch of trees in the wilderness, that's a great place to start. Maybe God's teaching you a lesson. And You just start there, and you start preaching, and you start being used and saying, God, what do you want me to say? Make room and be like John. And then all of a sudden, it says all the land, they went out to him. The opportunities came to him. He didn't go to the opportunity. He saw what he had already as the opportunity, and then God brought the increase. I love this pattern that we see in the Bible. That we make our plans, he directs our steps. We give him fish and loaves, he does the multiplication. We give him our lives, he begins to make us into something that we never thought was possible. And we don't do it for the results, we do it for the king. We do it for the Lord. So the motive of your heart, continue to check that day in and day out. Why are you doing stuff? Because if it's for the results, they may never come. And I know that's frightening for some of us that are in certain fields that are based upon results. Man, don't let your soul be troubled. Take heart. Because our God, he, He's over everything. And He cares more about your heart than he does about the results. And he, he knows maybe something about what those results might do to you if you don't learn right now how to be content, how to be faithful, how to be trusted with small. And if you don't learn that lesson, you, you're not ready. But John, thankfully, was ready. And what happened was the people started coming to him. The opportunities started blowing up. And it says that in verse 6, Now John was clothed with camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. You know, some of the stuff in the Bible, you're just kind of like, all right, like we, did we really need to know that detail? And, you know, what I think that this detail shows us is that he really was not concerned what people thought of him. And you know that hits deep. I I don't know about you, but it, it hits me deep. Because quite frankly, I care what people think. And in our day and age, we put out into social media what we think people will like. And you know, that's just our nature. Yet don't get it distorted and get so caught up in it thinking that that is it and that you're eventually going to reach a point where everybody likes it that's the problem that's why there's so much anxiety because there's a lot of hate involved and there's a lot of enemies so the trick is not riding those highs of those people that sing your praises when Really, you think of Jesus. I mean, he came in and everybody was saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, and laying down palm trees. And then moments later, they're saying, crucify him, crucify him. This is just the reality of human nature, fallen nature. It's a bit of a survival of the fittest. So we can't live to please savages like this. And so uh, John is basically he, he's wild, man. He he's got whatever he wants on. Gotta respect that. Verse 7, it says, He preached there. And here's what he preached. He he said, There comes one after me who is mightier than I. No doubt that would fuel his his ministry, is that statement right there. Do you believe that you are so much greater. Your life has so much more to it than even every bit of effort that you can put in because here John is saying the crowds are starting to form and he says, you haven't seen anything yet because there comes one whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. What John is referring to is even the position of a servant, the lowest position you can get, untying the dirty, stinky feet of someone, that position right there he is not even worthy to do because that's how great and mighty our God is. This is the posture that I hope that we can have, that, you know, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do you have this sort of reverence for God? Do you believe that he is so much greater and so holy and so righteous and so powerful that the fact that he would even consider loving you is just humbling and, in, it's heart melting. And yet he does. And yet it's f- interesting that w- the position that Jesus would take when he would become Flesh and he would become a man and he would come into the house of sinners. He would take this position of washing feet, untying sandals. So, John saying, I'm not worthy to do this to you, Lord. And the Lord saying, I am worthy. And this is the position I choose to take I'm gentle and lowly of mine. I'm acquainted with your pain. I know your dirt. I know what people say about you. I know how messy it is. And I'm going to go to the lowest position so that you can know what kind of God I am. And let me tell you, you've never seen a God like this. The world religions are based upon pedestals. You try to climb and do, and sacrifice to get to, but this relationship you can have with Jesus is based upon him stepping off of that pedestal, and coming down to you, and meeting you in your worst of states, and he has done this so that we can never once in a moment say we've walked alone, that he doesn't understand, and that's the kind of heart I believe that, man, what if we had that? And what if we lived like that? Instead of pointing the finger at God, we saw that, oh man, he is already so great and mighty and powerful and understanding. And now he has done this for me and he knows. Every time I try to point the finger at God and say how or why, I don't get this, how could you, and these people are doing this to me. And every time he's just saying, I know. I know, I've done it, I've walked it, and it's okay, I'm with you. You see, that's the message of the gospel. That I've come that you can have life, the abundant life. And you do this because I've lived it. That's the message of Jesus. And as we close our last verse in verse 8, it says, Indeed, I baptize you with water. This is John speaking. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You see, anything we do with our physical hands is a physical thing, but what he's referring to is something groundbreaking that they would be so for it would be such this foreign idea of a spiritual act. On the outside. This baptism would be a symbol, but on the inside, it would be a move of the Spirit. And this idea of baptism is really pretty simple. As you just go down into the water and immersed, it's like you go down and your old self gets buried in the grave. And as you come forth, it's this newness this freshness as you take a deep breath and breathe in of a new spirit a new life and this happens through the power only by god's holy spirit and you know it sounds sounds crazy it sounds supernatural and that's cuz it is is god has come down to the natural and invaded it with his presence. And through this process of you just surrendering and say, make me new. Make me like you. Make me whole again. And let go of what's behind. And say, God, change me now. And this process of baptism would, would go on to Jesus would even himself demonstrate in the next few verses and i feel like we'll get that next time i i share with you but the message i leave you with today is you know how now that if you have been baptized or if you have been a person that has said i've repented or maybe you haven't repented and you know don't make it something that is so physical that you just kind of do it but rather Allow it to be a symbol of what's going on on the inside of your heart. A change of directions, A change of being. You know, as the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And this new, that's what I want us to walk in. You know, a repentance is a complete U-turn and a change of direction. So I, I put this in your heart today that you might remember what direction you're heading in. And it's just as maybe when you were, didn't even know the Lord that you made that change in direction. Maybe you need to be reminded today that what direction you're heading and what direction you need to be going towards. Because Jesus said narrow is the path that leads to life. And there's few who find it. And wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And it's so easy. But that doesn't mean that it's the right thing to follow the masses. You see, we're the walk by the Spirit. Not by sight. Not by our own power. But by His Spirit.